Welcome to Real Life, the program that talks about the life of real estate in the Hamptons and beyond. The people, the places, and the things that are the pulse and heartbeat of real estate with your host, broker associate of Sotheby's International Realty, John Christopher. Welcome back to Real Life, and this is your host, John Christopher. And today I have the owner and founder of Simon Harrison Real Estate, Simon Harrison. Simon, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure, Simon. You know, uh, we go back a long time. Uh, but before we talk about Sag Harbor and real estate and specifically, you know, specifically Sag Harbor, I'm always fascinated by people's journeys. So where did you grow up? I grew up on Bleecker Street, and uh, you know my father taught at NYU, so we lived in uh, the faculty dorms a couple blocks from Washington Square Park. And in the seventies, that was a fascinating time in the world. Oh, we of spent, course. Okay. We we Go spent ahead. our we spent our summers on a little island off the coast of Maine, and that led me to Sag Harbor, which is kind of the exact middle between Greenwich Village and a little island off the coast of Maine. I heard now correct me if I'm wrong, but you were in California. You have a license in California, if I'm not mistaken. I did. I, I uh, took eight classes to become a broker out there. And I realized that uh, I missed the seasons and uh, it was a great adventure. And I learned a lot, you know, working for one of the larger firms and uh, some marketing and things are done quite differently out there. So it was uh, it was good exposure. And uh, I can source some of the uh, guerrilla marketing that I did out there um, back here in Sag Harbor. Cool. Now, you're one of the, the last mom and pop real estate agencies in the Hamptons. So I have to ask you, what prompted you to want to start your own agency? Um, there's a thin line between genius and insanity. How <laughs> um, true. I, I guess it was just a series of events that led me to uh, look at a space at about the same time that the firm that I worked for for 17 years was being sold to um, Century 21. And I don't think that, uh, you know, the the franchises necessarily fit out here. Um, so it was just sort of uh, a series of events um, that led me to open up my own place. That is cool. And and you've done quite well. God bless you. Um, Thank you. Have you ever been approached when you talk about uh, these agencies? Have you been approached by any of the agencies, you know, saying, why don't you come in under our wing? Regularly. Oh. And and you you hang in there and you're saying, nope. Well, they 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 often make offers that. um uh it could be interesting if it wasn't working for me but right now the business is working for me just fine that's great do you have uh you know uh any thoughts okay about in the future do you have an heir apparent so to speak you know for the agency that you know you can spend more time with the family well, well my my son is in the middle of uh college um studying for astrophysics and and while certainly the math could come in handy i don't know if it's something that he's gonna um um fit into but uh you know right now i gotta figure i might have another 20 years 
And uh, I don't really work too hard, even though I'm here seven days. So that must mean I like what I do. Well, I guess you saw that article recently in the Wall Street Journal saying that uh, a lot of people are working into their 80s and, and even their 90s, like uh, uh, Buffett. Do you think that's going to be the case with you? Well, John, I'm 39 today, but I'll be 60 next year. <laughs> so you got you got a long <laughs> way to go yet. Okay. So before we talk about Hamptons real estate, let's talk about your foray into uh, Nova Scotia real estate. You're buying up most of Nova Scotia. So why Nova Scotia? Is it the locks? Is that what you like? Well, <laughs> uh, it's funny. That's... Um, you know, my family rented an island for a month when I was about eight, and it was it was memorable. And and I have two sisters and their families. They live uh, near Bar Harbor, which is about 140 miles due east. So in the pandemic, I looked at this piece of property that was available next to that island near Shelburne, and. Um, so that it was not only available, it had about a mile on a trout river that used to have salmon. And, you know, my father and I were trout fishermen. We used to go up to the Catskills and uh, throughout the coast of Maine. And, uh, you know, while he's not here, we were involved in the Sucker River Salmon Club, which restored historic wild salmon populations um, actually quite successfully. So I've kind of taken on a a project to do that with the Clyde River in Nova Scotia. And then I ended up buying a church complex and a bowling alley. But I've spent the better part of, um, you know, maybe 10 days up there in the last couple of decades. So it was a pandemic project that ha now has some legs, but I'm here, uh, um, you know, full time. Gotcha. Um, what about the, uh, the smoke issue? Uh, have you spoken to any of the uh, the neighbors up there? Um, how is the uh, how's that happening? Because I've, you know we're being I've affected seen, by it. I've seen some recent footage of uh, of this four hundred and thirty acre piece that we have, and while the fire was the size of Brooklyn, it only came to within a mile of my property. And uh, the the thing that the neighbors have told me was first of all that I must lead a charmed life. And that uh, my property is now uh, fully stocked with uh, wildlife that escaped the fire successfully. Oh, that's awesome. Does that increase the value by having wildlife uh, on the property? Um, I would imagine. But, uh, you know, the, this is a place where people go hunting. I'm just not one of them. I'm, I'm more of a fisherman. Um, right, right. Do you do fly fishing, by the way? Is it fly fishing or just regular um, fly fishing, uh, specifically, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm as much a surf caster as I am a fly fisherman, but, you know, in the last 25 years, I've become hundred percent catch and release. Um, and I haven't caught a salmon in a while, but I, I, I'm hoping to change that. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Um, what's the process like to buy uh, property in, in Nova Scotia, especially if you're not Canadian? Well, I learned how to um, affect transactions in the pandemic um, over the phone, email, and there's certainly no shortage of information available, you know, on the Google. So um, I did it all remotely. Okay. Um, so let's go south. We're, uh, it's a little warmer than Nova Scotia in the wintertime. 
Uh, what's your take on the inventory in the Hamptons now? Well, I, I think that there are um, 2.6 months of inventory. And and just for, for, uh, uh, for context, six months is a balanced market. So we have less inventory um, than demand. And that is really what drives the market more so than the interest rate environment or, or even the economy. Now, if the economy changes, then we'll probably get some more inventory, but that might uh, lessen the demand. And 2.6 months of inventory means that there's uh, probably three buyers for every property. And that's, of course, if it's priced right. Keys right, to the king are that it has to be priced right. Gee, right. That is a, an important key, actually. Um, what kind of advice do you give to first-time buyers coming into the market here? Well, I think first-time buyers and seasoned buyers and um, alike have to get an understanding of what the market is like. So everybody needs, you know, uh, um, a 15 to 20-minute introduction on the, the availability and also the, the, the speed of transactions. And the and the process, um, and first time home buyers, you know, they're known for having uh, uh, access to kind of extraordinary programs to help them finance it with uh, less down. Um, but this is not a, um, a a very mortgaged market. There are a lot of cash transactions, and um, uh, I think it's I think it's fair to say that. Uh, Everybody has to learn the market before they get in the mix because you kind of want to know the market. If you're a, a builder or developer, an investor, speculator, um, or even a professional landlord, which is changing the market dramatically these days. Yeah. Um, when you talk about landlords, how was the uh, what's your take on the rental market uh, this season as compared to last year? Well, you know, for uh, 30 plus years, we did seasonal rentals, which sometimes got broken up into um, shorter stretches like um, July and August or just July or August to Labor Day. And uh, even if people were coming out just for three day weekends uh, in season. Uh, and now what has changed is a lot of the people who were looking for um weekends are just renting weekends and under two weeks is not a legal rental in under southampton town code and uh, now there's a fair amount of requirements for rental permits so it's it's made it quite challenging but uh, last i checked there were 2500 rentals available on a short-term basis in the sag harbor area and of wow. course quite a few different firms that handle those things, you know, Airbnb, VRBO, um, HomeAway, Marquee, and I, I imagine a few more will will sprout up. But we don't get involved in the short-term rental, the vacation rental. You know, we do things uh, a month at a time. Um, and the business is off, but I think it probably just moved a little sideways. Um, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I think um, 20% sorry. of the 20% that I saw last year for were the people who uh, rented them out, and another twenty five percent of them uh, 
were bought to be torn down and built new houses. So, um, are you still encountering bidding wars? Um, not as much, and rarely over the asking price. But yes. So there's there is still demand. People are still looking, and they're still out there. Right. If there, uh, if a house is priced right, there's more than one uh, person looking and more than one person bidding. What do you think is the, uh, the most important piece of advice you could give a seller? Well, I think we could point back to the, um, the motivation. If people want to sell the property, they have to price it right. Uh, there are some people that say, you know, if, if I get this much, I'll sell it. And it's pretty easy to figure those out pretty quickly. But um, I mean, I think I'm one of those sellers too. If I get a certain price for one of my properties, then I'll sell it. That doesn't necessarily mean I want what the market will bear. So true. Um, predictions are always iffy. So how do you see the Hamptons uh, sales market going for the rest of the year? I, I think it's going to be... Um, somewhat stable and not a lot of transactions. And when I say stable, I, I make reference to prices won't go up a lot and I th don't think they will go down a lot. Uh, and there are a lot of people, some professionals uh, included, that see a headline that says market off 40%, when in fact that's just the transaction volume or the unit volume and not the price volume. Correct. If somebody had uh, more questions for you, Simon, how could they uh, contact you? Well, I have simonthebroker.com. And uh, the original source of that was, uh, you know, I had a few too many driving awards. So my, uh, I had a problem with my driver's license for uh, a little bit. So I had a nickname of Simon the Bicycle. So simonthebroker.com. My email is simonthebroker at AOL.com, and my cell phone is 917-822-6652. Thank you for asking. Thank you, Simon Harrison, for your insights and your, your perspective on uh, the real estate, especially Nova Scotia and the Hamptons. This is John Christopher for Real Life Broadcasting on the only NPR station on Long Island, WLIW 88.3 FM. Stay right where you are since we'll be coming back with our next guest. Paul Lays of Newport, Rhode Island. Welcome back to Real Life, and this is your host, John Christopher. And today I have the co-owner of Gustav White Realty in Newport, Rhode Island, Paul Lays. Paul, how are you? Good, good. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, Paul, it's always a delight. You know that. Um, before we talk about Newport and the surrounding communities, uh, refresh my memory. How did you become a co-owner of uh, Gustav White, and what prompted you to do that? Well, I, I've been with Gustav White Sotheby's International Realty since day one. I, I was licensed as a real estate agent here in Rhode Island back in April of 1988. And I was very fortunate enough to start my career right here at Gustav White, which was quite unusual because, you know, being the luxury uh, company that it is, 
most people would start off at a at a smaller firm or a firm that doesn't deal with the with the high end. But I got my feet in the door the right way, talked to the right people. There's a long story about following my father's advice about how I got my foot in the door here at Gustav White. So <laughs> I tell I tell my kids all the time, listen to your father. So I'm very happy that I did listen to my father because he told me to go and talk to Jerry Dwyer, who was the broker owner at the time. And I did. And, and Jerry offered me a job pretty much right on the spot. And I've been with uh, Gustav White Sotheby's since then, right here in downtown Newport. And I, you know, that was 88. So I started as a as an agent, you know, rucking through the <laughs> doing all the all the stuff you have to do on the low, low man on the totem pole. But by the time 2000 rolled around, I, I was able to purchase the company from him with my business partner. I do have a business partner, Christina West. And so we bought it back in 2000 and we've been the broker owners since then and going through a little bit of a transition now with uh, uh, Chris phasing out and my one of my colleagues, David Uberman, phasing in. But that's not complete yet. But uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a great, great run since 88 and nothing I can complain wow. about. <laughs> Now, let me ask you, did you have a uh, another career before getting into real estate? Well, I, I went from a Peace Corps volunteer to real estate agent. How about that? <laughs> I, I went to college at Providence Were you college. like in Africa or someplace like that? And I come was. Back? I was in Ghana, <laughs> West Africa. And wow. uh, back in, you know, I graduated college in 83. So I was in the Peace Corps for two years from 80, was it? you know, all of, all of uh, 85, 86 and some of 87. And I came home not knowing at all. I didn't go to school for real estate, right? I was just a liberal arts uh, major at Providence College. And but I, one thing led to another. I was, had an interest in Newport. I know Newport's got some great architecture and real estate here. So, uh, like I said, one thing led to another. I ended up talking to Jerry Dwyer, Augusta White, and here I am. But, but. Uh, yeah, no. So I really didn't have a career before real estate. I was a, right out of college, two years in the Peace Corps and back home and, and got into real estate. Wow. That's a great, uh, great story. I love it. Um, you know, a lot of the kids are graduating uh, or recently graduated, I should say. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to, say, one of the kids that are graduating from school and thinking about going into real estate? Well, first, first and foremost, I would say it's it's certainly not for everybody. You have to know yourself and know that you're comfortable being in front of people. Because I, I think in real estate, your overall real estate career, you're not you're not selling houses per se. I mean, you have to know you have to know uh, about housing and real estate and everything. But you're you're selling a lifestyle. I, I'm I am an. Uh, an advocate and an ambassador for Newport, Newport County, the way I look at it. I mean, I'm, people come in to me and they're looking at real estate, but they're looking in Newport this weekend. They could be up in Kennebunkport, Maine next weekend and down in the Hamptons the following weekend. They, they can buy wherever they want to buy. So we're selling them. We're selling them Newport and Newport County as a lifestyle. And I, so someone new into the business has to realize that it's not just about bricks and mortar and houses. It's about people and relationships and knowing your community and knowing knowing your schools and everything else but you know it's a it's a great great business to be in in this area in my opinion yeah well since we're talking about Newport um is it crowded in the summertime like uh, we are here in Southampton well I, I think relatively speaking 
probably not as crowded as you guys might get in the summertime, but we certainly compared to our off season and our winter months were tremendously crowded in the summertime. All, all the locals are already complaining about the traffic. Now it's not just the, uh, the numbers coming in that causes traffic, but it's also all the road work that's being done this time of year that that's causing extra traffic. So Newport is a, is a year round community. It, it's not, it's not like Cape Cod would almost kind of shuts down or Block Island, the, the island, Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard that almost shut down in the wintertime. Newport is a, uh, and I, I say Newport, but I mean Newport County, which is a, we live on an island here. It's Newport, Middletown and Portsmouth makes up Aquidneck Island. But it really, all three towns have their own school system, their own police, their own fire. And, you know, it really is a vibrant year round community, but does get busy in the summer because of the tourism that Newport attracts. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you find that you have uh, many New Yorkers, you know, coming uh, to Newport to buy? Yes. Yes. We have a quite a drawing uh, crowd. Our, our buyers, we, we draw from, I, I don't necessarily call it New York, but I call it the tri-state area. We, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, that whole area encompassing the New York metro area. We get people from, from the outskirts coming because it really, if you think about it, it's really a three, three and a half hour drive from, from New York per se. But we also get a lot of Boston traffic. So we get the people coming from the north, whether it's Boston and surrounds, but also a lot of New York, New uh, Connecticut, that whole Fairfield and New Canaan and West, Westport area in Connecticut. We see a lot of that, that business as well. Any people from uh, California? Just, you know, because I know a lot of people are leaving California. Well, I, I'll tell you that since COVID, since COVID, you know, 2020, I literally have sold some very significant houses price-wise to West Coast California families. And two of them, two out of the three that I'm thinking of when telling the story, literally had the exact statement to me or conversation we were talking about what's bringing them here from the west coast or california and both of these the husband the husband and wife and, and with both of them had kids both of them said not verbatim but uh you know more or less saying we're leaving california because we're sick of the taxes we're sick of the wildfires and we're sick of the politics and they say we're coming we're coming east so i, I i've sold two 10 plus million dollar houses to Two of those people who are saying, and it's not only they're not only coming to Newport, but they're coming they're coming east. So whether east is maybe east is Chicago for them, who knows? You know, it's a, but they're they're moving moving east, and they're they're really getting fed up with some of the stuff that's happening out there with with all the like I said the wildfires. But we're hell, I mean, there's wildfires in Canada coming down right now. Are you seeing the sure. the sky? The the, the no, smoke no, in the we, skies. We, we lucked out. We lucked out. You know, I mean, we saw what was it? A month ago, but uh, now you know, knock on wood, it's west of us. It's not uh, hitting us now. So yeah, you know, we're, we're seeing some of that in the in the yeah. sky. It's it's frightening. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. You know. Anyway, um, what what kind of advice do you offer first time home buyers coming into the market? Well, first and foremost is to is to pick up the phone and and meet with and talk to a realtor. <laughs> so many times, a first time buyer will. Get a jump a, a website portal like Zillow or something, and they click on a button. They say, "Do you want to talk to an agent?" They say yes, and they're talking to an agent who's paid for that zip code. 
And, you know, they, they end up going and seeing the house with this with this agent. And, you know, quite frankly, I, I get frustrated with it a little bit because that 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 agent, a lot of times the buyer thinks the agent they're talking to is the listing agent who knows everything right. about the house. But but they're not. So the first thing I would do is make sure they're dealing with an agent who can represent their best interest. You know, it's not always necessarily the listing the listing agent works for the seller. Let's, uh, you know, but they need to, you know, get a get a realtor or find talk to some people who have bought and sold in the past and and get a good referral from someone or get a good reference for a local realtor who knows the neighborhood that they're going to be looking in. And so they, you know, make sure that they are well represented on that side of things. And then, and that realtor should tell them, okay, let's sit down and get a pre-qualification from a bank. You know, you got to have your ducks in order, especially in this market. It's so busy right now, as you'll probably realize you, you've, you'll be competing against three or four or five other buyers. And if you don't have a pre-qualification letter, from the bank in hand when you make an offer to get it. Yeah, you need cash for the most parts, but first time buyers are having trouble doing that. Right, I hear you. How is the inventory, by the way? Terrible. The inventory is extremely low. And that's what's, in my opinion, that's what's driving this market right now. It's just simple. You know, you go to school and you could take economics 101 and the professor tells you about supply and demand. This is it. This is a perfect example of supply and demand because we have low, low supply and high, high demand. <laughs> and that's favoring the seller. It's still a seller's market. I think we, you know, the, the feeding frenzy that we experienced back a couple of years ago in, in the pandemic and the shutdown in 2021, and that's subsided a little bit, but it's still, it is not evened out and gone the other way. It's still a seller's market because of the lack of inventory right now. Yeah. Really, it's really low. Are you still having bidding wars? Yes. I just had, for instance, uh, telling you a little story. I, I listed a, a waterfront house here in Newport, old, you know, turn of the century. It was an 1800, 1900 house. Uh, waterfront in Newport, a small little strip of, of water in Newport, only 12 houses on the water side. And this one needs a lot of work. You know, we listed it at four, four million two nine five, which was, a little bit higher than I was suggesting to my seller, but you know how people are. Everyone talks to sellers and this is a well-known family. Everyone knew they were moving. So every everyone gave her, gave them their opinion. And and they said, Well, she said, everyone's telling me it's gonna, it's worth four and a half million. I'm like, well, it's not it's not worth four and a half million. It really wasn't. So we listed it at a four two nine five and showed it a dozen times the first month and it had good activity, but zero, zero offers. And I told her, I said, listen, we really got to come down to three nine to get this thing under four million. Put it under four million last week. We've got two offers and, and one has been accepted, you know, within a week after changing the price to under four. So it is still a price sensitive market. I was willing to list it at the 4.295 because I've just seen too many crazy stories over the last couple of years about things selling for more than they should be selling for. But but it didn't happen with this one. I, I think because of the condition of the house, it's a beautiful old house, but it needs a lot of updating and work. So, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. How about the uh, rental market? Do you do seasonals there? Rental. We, like we have a full service rental department here at Gusta White Sotheby's. And I will tell you, the rental market is even tighter than the sales market. First question I I asked, someone calls me up and says they're interested in selling their house. My first question I ask them is, do you know where you're going to go? <laughs> you know, because if, if you don't know where you're going to go, you got to figure that out. Because I know I can sell your house. but And they always say, well, I'll rent something. I said, no, it's not that simple. Because the rental inventory is even lower than the sales inventory. Very difficult. 
Yeah, because Newport has a lot of seasonal rentals. So all the summer rentals are gone. So if someone wants to rent something now, they're not going to find it. They're going to have to wait till after Labor Day and, and hopefully find something then. What about year round? Is it difficult to find a year round? There are year round rentals. Yeah, there's certainly there's a market for that because we have a, a local university here, Salve Regina University. So that helps our seasonal rental because you get summer rentals and you get the the education, the academic season rental. But we have a, a a good amount of year-round rentals as well. And those tend to be, um, you know, unfurnished rentals as opposed to furnished. A lot of our naval uh, families, you know, we have the Naval War College here in Newport, Rhode Island, mm-hmm. and the and it's a big uh, big rental market for the Navy, Navy families who come into town. Interesting. Okay. Now, how can someone, I'm sure someone has more questions for you. How can they reach you? I can be reached very easily. I, I'm right here in downtown Newport at Gustav White Sotheby's International Realty. My cell phone, I'll give you that. My cell phone is 401-862-6706. And, you know, gustofwhite.com is, is the website if you want to go online and look at all of our lovely properties. we got some great inventory. Not enough of it, but we got some great, great inventory with great stuff. pictures. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Paul Lace. We're explaining what's going on in Newport, Rhode Island. This is John Christopher for Real Life Broadcasting in the teeming village of Southampton, New York. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me at john.christopher at sir.com. Thank you for your time and be sure to have an awesome journey. You have been listening to Real Life the program that talks about the people, the places, and the things that are the pulse and heartbeat of real estate in the Hamptons and beyond with host John Christopher, who also created the music for real life. WLIWFM's Delaney Hafner and Kyle Lynch provide production support. Thank you for joining us for Real Life right here on listener-supported 88.3 WLIWFM. Long Island's only NPR station, which you can also find on your favorite streaming apps and at wliw.org radio.